0: Section 92 of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland, Greenland, and the Search for the Poles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Availie in September 2019. The World's Story, Volume 8 Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Iceland greenland and the search for the poles edited by eva march tappan section ninety two what is an iceberg by dr isaac i hayes observe the little bit of ice that clinks in your tumbler at dinner-time observe it closely and you will perceive how very small a part of it floats above the surface of the water that part is about one-tenth but it floats in fresh water. Change it to sea-water, and the part above would be one-eighth. Now this little bit of ice is an iceberg in miniature, an iceberg in every essential feature, except that it did not, in all human probability, come from Greenland. In form, in general transparency, in the play of light upon it, in its prismatic character, in the shape of its projecting tongues which lie beneath the surface of the waves in the delicate mist which plays around it in the warm air it is the very image on a small scale of those great monoliths of the arctic frost which come sailing down baffin's bay with the polar current in all their stately grandeur and magnificence it is difficult for the imagination to conceive of the great magnitude of some of these greenland icebergs and yet they are but comparatively trifling pieces torn by the sea from glaciers the iceberg is indeed as the pairing of a finger-nail to the whole body when compared to the quantity of ice in the reservoir from which it came magnify the bit of ice in your tumbler until it becomes to your imagination half a mile in diameter each way and you have a mass that is far from uncommon add to this a mile two miles of length and you have what may be sometimes seen i have sailed alongside of an iceberg two miles and a quarter before coming to the end of it yet this is not greater in proportion to the entire greenland accumulation and a little bit of ice in your tumbler is to the immense stores which the ice monopolists have in their storehouses when they stand ready to avow and do avow that the stock is nearly exhausted and that they propose to double their charges on you just when the hottest weather oppresses the city the name iceberg signifies ice mountain and mountainous it truly is in size lifted out of the water and it becomes a mountain five hundred a thousand two thousand or three thousand feet high in dimensions it is as if the city of new york were turned adrift in the atlantic or the central park were cut out and launched in the same place and an iceberg of the dimensions of central park is far from unusual in general outline of surface the resemblance is often equally good it is undulating like the park and craggy and is crossed by ravines and dotted with lakes, the waters of which are formed from the melting snows of the late winter, which have fallen upon it, and also of the ice itself, after the snows have disappeared before the rays of the summer's sun. In such a lake I have even once bathed, although, I am glad to say, but once, and that was in the days of other years, when the youthful impulse was strong to say, I have done it, a disease which I believe to be amenable to that treatment popularly known as sad experience. Skating on an iceberg lake is more satisfactory and sensible, though it is just as well to give an iceberg as wide a berth as possible, and have as little to do with it as you can at all times, for it is liable to go to pieces, though this rarely happens in winter, when you are least expecting it. I have often climbed them, however, and with different motives, sometimes to aid in watering the ship, for the lakes upon them are of the best and purest water, sometimes to obtain a distant view, at other times for the mere purpose of curiosity and adventure. Ordinarily, a slope may be found by which the ascent can be made without difficulty, but sometimes spikes in the heels and a boat-hook in the hand become necessary. Frequently, however, the sides are quite vertical all around, and it cannot be scaled at all. On one occasion I measured an iceberg that presented on one of its sides a vertical wall that rose 315 feet above the level of the sea. Another one that I saw in the upper part of Baffin's Bay, and measured carefully, I will describe minutely the sea was quite smooth and the day calm so that i enjoyed a most excellent opportunity such a one as i never had before and probably shall never have again this iceberg was not only remarkable for its size but for its great variety of feature i rode all the way around it and measured it as carefully as possible one of its sides was nearly straight and regular having the appearance of being recently broken from the glacier when facing the sun it glistened marvellously this side was six thousand five hundred feet long about a mile and a quarter at one end it was two hundred and forty feet high rising separately from the sea at the centre the height was less being only one hundred and sixty feet at the other end it was one hundred and ninety these measurements were made with as much accuracy as was attainable under the circumstances and are quite reliable within small limits. The log-line and chronometer, the one to measure distance, the other to note time, were of necessity the means of obtaining the length. For the height I dropped the chip at the base of the iceberg, and then, rowing out a hundred fathoms, I had a tolerably good base-line for obtaining the altitude, a pocket sextant giving me the necessary angles say that i made a mistake of twenty-five feet it is yet near enough for all practical purposes it was big enough in all conscience anyway in measuring my lengths i was not so liable to error and in the same manner as before i found one end of the berg to be eighteen hundred feet across here it terminated in a rounded bluff that was one hundred and twenty feet high turning at the base of this rounded bluff i came upon a side wholly different from the one i had before measured it had evidently been for a long time the front of the glacier perhaps for a period of fifteen or twenty years or even more it was everywhere irregular in places it was cliff-like as was the other but for the most part it was worn into all sorts of irregular shapes this had been done partly by the washings of the sea partly by the sun and partly by the streams of water which poured from the glacier while this iceberg was a part of it there were bays in the side of it large enough to float the frigate the panther might have gone in and turned around upon her heel without fear of striking in another place there was a considerable bay with two ice islands in it that were very peculiar to this bay they were as governor's island and ellis island to the bay of new york and they had as firm a foundation but the bottom upon which they rested was ice they were mere hummocks and the water on the berg was quite shoal yet we went in at least a hundred yards before we reached the shore of it all the while being really on the iceberg for the ice projected away out beneath us and as i looked over the side of the boat down through the clear bright water which we were shoaling constantly i thought i had never seen a more perfectly graduated tint than that from the deep water when we first came over the ice to the margin of the bay it was as if we sailed through liquid emerald i landed upon the shore of this bay and climbed the iceberg it was not an easy climb even with the aid of steel-spikes in my heels and a boat-hook in my hand. In places the ascent was very steep, and had I lost my footing I should have slid down at a fearful pace into the sea. Upon reaching the surface I found it to be rolling and much broken. There were two conspicuous hills upon it, one of which was two hundred and ninety, the other two hundred and seventy feet above the sea-level at least this was the record of my barometer between these hills and among others less conspicuous i discovered a lake a quarter of a mile long its course was winding like the lake of central park which it resembled in size i followed along its shore until i found the outlet and there through a narrow gorge the overflow of the lake was rushing over a crystal bed in a rapid torrent until coming at length to the side of the berg the pure cold stream leaped wildly down into the ocean roaring like a youthful niagara and breaking into spray on every side there were indeed streams most of them quite small so that the whole iceberg was shedding water on every side and the constant sound of innumerable cascades charmed the ear with their ceaseless roar From the lake I wandered among the icy hills until I grew bewildered, and I found my way back to the place of ascent not without embarrassment. The cause of this was partially explained. The iceberg was revolving, and as I steered my course back by the sun, I naturally mistook the direction, until I had discovered what was wrong, when I began to look for the two hills first mentioned, by which I recovered my bearings and was soon on the right track again. Upon climbing these ice-hills I obtained a grand view. The whole sea was studded with icebergs, hundreds of them there must have been, of every conceivable shape, from the great wall-sided mass that looked like a floating huge castle, to the colossal effigy of some winged monster floating upon the sea. Although on an iceberg I was not without life to keep me company, a flock of kittiwake gulls flew about my head and perching upon a hill set up their noisy chatter and one old burgomaster gull who had caught a fish came there to swallow it in peace but to his evident surprise and sad disgust he was suddenly pounced upon by a predatory jager who had seemingly been hovering round for just such a chance and with an angry scream the burgomaster who had started off when he saw his enemy gave up his prize which the jager quickly caught in mid-air it was altogether a strange sensation afloat at so great an elevation on an ice-mountain in the sea yet my footstool was warm and solid as the eternal hills had time and circumstances permitted i should gladly have carried up my camp fixtures and remained there for a day or so watching the grand panorama of the hills and sea while the sun like a golden wheel in the blue sky rolled around me changing from hour to hour the aspect of every object within the range of vision now silvering an iceberg now colouring it while it floated sometimes in a sea of blue and again of green now blazing with red the rugged cliffs of the fjord now throwing them in shadow as if they were the gloomy walls encompassing the abyss of dante's giants now gilding the distant mountains now robing them in purple now silvering the far-off mere de glace; then melting it into a sea of rubies or blending it with the blue skies for such scenes i have often witnessed in the arctic seas though not from the summit of an iceberg but this camp on the iceberg was not possible so when i had found my way i descended from my lofty elevation to the boat and then pulling on around the berg completed my survey of it the scenery was much varied as we passed along at one time we were beneath a dismantled tower at another time a ruined spire then a deep cleft of blue or a dark cavern of green in which the slow-moving billows were caught and confined, until, as if tired of their imprisonment, their hollow voices came gurgling out like the loud breathing of some mighty monster of the deep, exhausted with his efforts to move the mountain from his path. The side along which we were now passing proved to be six thousand feet in length. The end beyond was thirty-five hundred. Thus, in making the complete circuit of the iceberg, we had pulled almost three and a half miles. The altitude of the bargei averaged at one hundred and eighty feet above the sea level, which would give a total average depth of fourteen hundred and forty feet, or more than a quarter of a mile. Multiply these figures, and we obtain a local cubical contents of twenty-three billion eight hundred fifty million feet. Convert this into tons, and all the carrying capacity of all the ships in the world are as nothing to it. Freight them all with ice cut from it, and an impression would hardly be made upon it. It is only by such figuring that we can form anything like an adequate idea of the enormous magnitude of this huge vagrant of the Arctic seas. Its beauties are not defined so readily. Solid and mighty, it is yet a subtle object. The light plays through it as through the opal. Flashes of every color come from it. Here we see the emerald, there chalcedony, and again transparent quartz or sapphire, the topaz or the ruby, as the sun's rays dart through its sharp angles, or the tintings of the clouds are reflected from its sides. More than this I cannot say of the floating ice-mountain words fail utterly in the description of such a mighty work of nature fail as completely as do the pigments of the painter who could paint or who describe the leap of niagara or the roar that rises from the great abyss at best the effort of the artist gives but a vague idea of the truth the iceberg in its birth growth and immensity on the varying phases which it presents at different times the subtle quality of the light and colour which play around it is utterly beyond the reach of art and who could paint or who describe its age nothing but actual observation will even so much as suggest the long period occupied in its formation close inspection will reveal an infinite number of lines of stratification which like the multiplied rings of the old forest oak mark the years of its increase and tell of the untold ages during which it was growing in the parent glacier, but there is nothing in it or about it to fix the period when the hardened snowflakes which compose it were first dropped upon the Greenland hills, nothing to show its steady growth through the recurring cycles of time. End of section ninety two.